You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Has a blessing, wasn't it? I don't know if that group has a name, but I got one for it. The Rose Among the Thorns. The Rose Among the Thorns. You figure out which one's a rose, amen? You know that, right? No doubt about it. Anyway, hey, it's good to be here this morning. And this is a wonderful crowd for a Tuesday morning service. My goodness. And so thank you for man, taking off work and making time to come. If you're from this church or other places, uh, you set aside some time and spent some money on gas and other things. And But you did get a donut. Amen. You did get a donut. So that was good. And uh, you'll get, you get, a, what is it, Chick-fil-A for lunch today, I think you said. So, and, and you know, it doesn't surprise me when Baptists show up when there's free food, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of, you heard about the uh, barber that had his barber shop, right? And his first customer of the day was a rabbi. And so he cut the rabbi's hair. Rabbi turned to pay him and he said, no, no, no. He said, don't, I don't take any money from men of God. And so the next morning when he got there to open up his, his barber shop, there was a loaf of fresh baked kosher bread on his doorstep. And lo and behold, his first customer that morning was a Catholic priest. So he cut the priest's hair priest turned to pay him. He said, no, no, I don't take anything from the men of God. And so the next morning there was a bottle of wine on the doorstep. Lo and behold, his first customer that morning was a Baptist preacher. He cut his hair. Baptist preacher turned to pay him. He said, no, no, I don't take any money from the man of God. So the next morning there were 20 Baptist preachers lined up at the front door. Amen. So anyway, it is good to be here. I've said before, when you're from Illinois, it's good to be anywhere. And uh, even more so today uh, than it has been in years past. Um, most of us in Illinois, most of us men in Illinois are, are now felons and uh, they just haven't charged us yet. But we have some new gun laws that have been enacted since January 1 which uh, makes most of us felons. You can't have a, a magazine clip that holds more than 10 rounds. That makes you a felon. You can't have an AR that's not registered with the state. That makes you a felon. You can't, I forget what, there's some law about ammunition. Now, thankfully, there's 100, I think there's 101 counties in Illinois, 99 of the county sheriffs, which is the top guy in the town, in the county, have said, we're not enforcing this. Um, but the state troopers are under the direction of the governor, and so they have to, and they're having meetings as to how they're going to enforce, and I don't know what they're going to do with the number. So far, 1% of gun owners have filed, have, you know, obeyed the new law, 1%. So we know we're in for some legislation and some uh, illegal trouble, and, and uh, so far, unfortunately, the Supreme Court has not chosen to hear the case. We have, we have a liberal governor, folks, who's worth more than Donald Trump. Way more, he has way more money than Donald Trump has. And uh, so anyway, uh, like I say, 
It's good to be in Texas and breathe a little free air. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go to Panama. I don't know what kind of air they have there. But then I'll go back to Illinois and back to communist air. Uh, so anyway, it is good to be, it's, it's good to be down here today. Amen. I, I see you fellas running around, you know, you, you got your, you got your carry. It's so easy here. And uh, there are some good places to still live in the United States of America. I'm, I'm just not in one of them. And I wonder, Lord, what have I done? What have I done? But anyway, let's go to Psalm 85. Psalm 85. Thank you, Pastor Che. Thank you, church, for your kindness and uh, for the good crowd. I don't know that the crowd this morning is any less than last night. Might be a few more, Brother Che. So it's a very good thing. Yes, if you found Psalm 85, let's stand together. And uh, I'm going to read just a couple of verses here, beginning in verse number five. And we'll jump right in this morning to the subject the Lord's laid on our heart. And the psalmist writes and says, Wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw out thine anger to all generations? Wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? I love that request in verse number six. Wilt thou not revive us again? And I want to speak this morning on areas in need of revival. When it comes to us personally, when it comes to us as our churches, areas in need of revival. Let's pray. Father, we are having what's been called a revival meeting, Bible conference. And so we come to you this morning with a great burden and desire for you to help us in these moments. The Lord Jesus said that without him, we can do nothing. And we've done nothing too many times in life in an attempt to please you. So I pray that we'll have his presence today and the power of the Holy Ghost on both speaker and listener so that, our, so that we can receive from your book and your spirit exactly what you have for us today. Help us individually, help us as a church. And Lord, use me, I pray. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name and amen. Thank you, you may be seated. Psalm 85 the heading of the psalm, if you have those headings in your Bible, tells us that this psalm or song was written for the sons of Korah. Now, who are the sons of Korah? The sons of Korah were basically uh, the chief musicians in the tabernacle slash temple. They were in charge of the music and the instruments and the singing. And that's such an important part of a worship service. And folks, I appreciate the energy and enthusiasm enthusiasm that you put into your congregational singing here. It's, uh, it's what we do is not a waste of time. What we do is biblical and has biblical importance to it. And so I appreciate the singing. And those, these were the singers and the special music people, if you will. And so this song was written, it was given to them, the sons of Korah, to be used in the worship at the tabernacle slash temple. And then in verse number six, we look at it here, you find in this song a prayer request. You see question marks in verse number five. You see a question mark in verse number six. Wilt thou not revive us again? So the songwriter's desire was for revival. I think sometimes the word revival almost creates anxiety in the hearts of God, God's people. Oh, we're going to have a revival meeting. We're going to have a revival conference. And it's like, oh no, uh, what, what are we going to get into? And uh, folks, you know, there's so, much, there's so much fake out there, like there was over in Kentucky some years ago, that it just really, you know, re revival is not rocket science. It's not. 
It's revival's refreshing. Revival is restoring. It is renewing. It is relifing. That's exactly what revival is. It doesn't have to create anxiety. It's not some kind of spooky, warm and fuzzy karma, kumbaya type. You don't work it up. It comes from him. It comes down from heaven. You don't work it up with music and goofy stuff, okay? And so it really doesn't have to create any anxiety. It's just, it's a restoration. It's a reviving. It's a refreshing, a renewing. And he asked here, God obviously had revived them before because he asks, wilt thou not revive us again? So we have a prayer request for revival. Now over in Mark chapter 11, we won't go there, verse number 24, we have a great prayer promise that Jesus gave to his disciples. He said, therefore I say unto you, whatsoever ye desire, whatsoever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. That's a great prayer promise. And the order of the words in Mark eleven twenty four is very important. He starts with the word desire. What's your heart's desire? Pray, believe. Revival begins with desire. How much do you and I desire revival? How much do you and I desire a renewal? How much do we desire a refreshing, a visitation from God that breathes spiritual life and energy into us? If that's your desire, then you take that desire to God in prayer. Prayer is asking. There's all kinds, there's supplication, there's intercession, but the bottom line definition of prayer is asking. So you've got this desire boiling up within your heart. Man, I could use some, I could use some refreshing. I could use some relifing. I could use some renewing. You take that desire to God in prayer and ask him for it. Like the man did here that wrote Psalm 85. And God knows how sincere our prayer is is based on our desire. And church, when we pray, the prayer needs to be made in believing faith. What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe. All right. Hebrews chapter 11, verse six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So pray in faith, believing you say, but brother angel, sometimes my faith is so small. Okay. Pray on with small believing faith. Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, do you have that much faith? Do you have just a little bit of faith? And you say, well, sometimes I pray, but my prayer not only is small, my faith not only is small, I, I, get, I get nagged by doubt, okay? You remember the father who came to Jesus with the devil-possessed son, and he asked for Jesus to heal him, and Jesus told that dad, all things are possible to him that believeth. Do you remember how the man responded? Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. You know what he was? He was being transparent. He was being honest. And guess what Jesus did? Jesus healed his son. So people, it doesn't take great faith. If you got great faith, that's a wonderful thing. 
But you don't have to have great faith to pray a great prayer to a great God. Even if our prayer is mixed with the measure of doubt or faith the grain of a mustard seed, there's a very good chance that God can and will answer it. Now, we have to remember that our prayer needs to be within the parameter of God's will and God's purpose for our life. And you know, sometimes his plan and his purpose might not coincide with our request. Let me give you a couple of Bible examples. You remember when Moses was hit the rock twice instead of speaking to it? And the consequence of that was what? You're going to see the promised man, but you're not going in. But man, Moses kept pleading with God, please let me go in. Please let me go in. Please let me go in until the day came when God said to Moses, speak no more unto me of this matter. Don't ask me again. And you'll never find Moses asking God after God told him that you'll never find Moses asking again, can I go into the, in fact, he started telling the people, I'm going to see it, but I'm not going in. I'm going to see it, but I'm not going. Why? Because God had said, stop, don't ask me. Then you think about Paul. Remember Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he talked about, I besought the Lord thrice. He's got that thorn in the flesh. He didn't just say, hey, God, please, uh, if you think about it today, could you please heal my, my thorn? No, no, no. He begged. He pled. He besought God three times until God finally said to him, Paul, I'm not going to take away your thorn because my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And remember what Paul said after that? I will therefore gladly glorify in my infirmity. What happened to Paul? His desire changed. God changed his desire. His desire had been, God, please take this away. God changed his desire. And Paul was able to say, I'm thankful for my thorn because it makes me more dependent upon God. So folks, look, until God says, don't ask me again, or until God changes your desire, then desire and pray with believing faith, even if it's small, even if it's mixed with doubt, just keep on praying. So a couple years ago, Joyce and I prayed, I might've mentioned this last year, a couple years ago, Joyce and I prayed for nine months, nine months. And not, not, not to have a baby. We already had enough of them, all right? No, we, are, we prayed for nine months for one specific prayer request. One. I mean, every night when we laid down in the bed together and had just a short time of prayer, if I was away like I am now on the telephone, we prayed together nine months on an October afternoon as I was dressing for the Wednesday night service, my cell phone rang, I picked it up and there was the answer to what we've been asking God for, for nine months, nine months. Please keep on praying. So revival, it doesn't have to scare you doesn't have to make you anxious. It's renewing. It's refreshing. It's, it's relifing. Would you like that? Would you, do you need that? Yeah, we do. Okay, so you have a desire. You go to God in prayer and faith believing and you ask God like the psalmist did, wilt thou not revive us again? Send us a great revival. 
Now, I want you to see three areas in the Word of God this morning where the Bible tells us we need to be revived or renewed. Let's go back to Psalm 51. Look at Psalm 51 with me. And this is not exhaustive. There are other areas beside the three that I will talk about uh, this morning. Psalm chapter 51. And look with me at verse number 10. Psalm 51 and verse number 10. David's prayer of confession, okay? David's, I talked about this prayer last night a little bit. This is a great prayer to pray when you've gotten away from God, gotten into things that aren't right and God's convicted you. Anyway, look at verse number 10. David said in this prayer, create in me a clean heart, O God, and watch it now, and renew a right spirit within me. So there is David's request for revival in his spirit. Renew a right spirit. Now this is, hey, this is not, this is not talking about the Holy Spirit. This is talking about David's spirit. And David asked God to renew a right spirit within him. Well, folks, if he's asking him to renew a right spirit, that means David had previously had a right spirit. And at this moment in time, he didn't have a right spirit. So he's saying, God, please renew a right spirit within me. And we know the time in David's life when he made this prayer to God, when he was talking to God, Psalm 51. It was after his sin with Bathsheba and Uriah. We're talking adultery and we're talking murder. Premeditated, thought out adultery, premeditated, thought out murder. Obviously, David's right spirit had been compromised by sin. His spirit was badly, his spirit. Do you understand we can have all the externals in place and yet inside be all messed up? His spirit had been compromised. Look, folks. If you've ever been right with God in your spirit, as well as the internal as well, you know when you're not. Some years ago, a man in the church helped me add a very small deck onto the front of our house. And of course, you know, after we got the ground ready, the first thing we had to do was dig the holes for the posts. And so I got my PhD. I've earned a PhD several times over the years. Got my post hole diggers and we were digging those uh, post holes, you know, holes for the post and everything. And then we started setting some posts and I got a big tamping pole and got our sackcrete and started putting those posts in, had the big level and Wayne had to leave. So I set the last two posts by myself. They were the posts that came off the deck and went to the bottom of the steps, just a couple of steps. And here were the posts. And so I dug, the, the holes were already dug and I put the sackcrete and the tamp and everything, put the level on it and everything. And I thought, okay, that's good, finished. Next morning, next day, I'd been out to the church and out serving, you know, and I came home, drove down the lane and I stopped looking down the sidewalk at those posts that I had set. And that, that something's not what? Right. And so I got my level and it was just, I mean, it was just barely out of tolerance. Barely. And I thought to myself, ah, nobody will ever see that. Nobody will ever know it. And nobody did, except for me. <laughs> and every time I drove in the lane, I stopped and looked down the sidewalk. And the next day, driving the, 
it just irritated me to no end because I knew it was not right. And so finally, got some time, got my tools, dug the hole, dug the post up, knocked the, the, the sackcrete off of it, cleaned it all up, redug the hole, reset it, put a new bag of sackcrete in there, got the level, and there it is, man. It's just, I, you know, I don't think I've stopped and looked at that post one time since I knew it was within tolerance. It was, was in, the, in, in the, the bubble was in the middle. And I'm just simply saying, look, you, if you've ever been right with God, in your spirit, you know when you're not. And you can sit in church and smile and look like everything's fine, but you know on the inside there's something not right in your spirit. David's spirit was compromised. And I believe it probably began before Bathsheba and Uriah. It might have been something as simple as it was the time when kings went forth to battle, but David tarried still at Jerusalem. Folks, you don't have to go out and shoot drugs and steal from stores and kill some people for your spirit to be compromised. David's spirit got compromised because he wasn't where he was supposed to be. That's why you better be careful about skipping church on Wednesday night. You might want to be careful about skipping church when you really can be there. And I'll just watch on live stream. Look, live stream is, I'm a bipolar about live stream. I, you know, I have, I have senior saints right now that have uh, RSV and stuff and they're at home. A lady almost died, 62 years of age. In fact, the doctor with my wife in the room making a visit, the doctor told him, you're a miracle. You, I don't know what God you're praying to, but you're a miracle that you're alive. And I'm glad we can have live stream for her. And then I hear about people who, you know, well, we just didn't feel like coming. So we watched, we, but we watched on live stream. We watched on live stream, folks. Live stream is not church. And I'm glad for everybody watching. I think my wife and daughter are in Panama watching on live stream right now. So that's wonderful, okay? Which means I have to say everything just right, okay? But anyway. You can't, a church is an assembly. You can't assemble sitting on your couch with a cup of coffee in your pajamas on Sunday night. Sunday morning. Look, we're, uh, uh, when, it's, when it's time to go soul winning, yeah, I just, yeah, you know. Our spirit can be compromised by something is not just, just, just as simple as not being where we are supposed to be. So with a compromised spirit, David goes up on the rooftop. Did David go up on the rooftop to search for a woman taking a bath? No. Second Samuel 11 says he went up on the rooftop in the even, which was normal, and he saw. But then the Bible says that she was beautiful to look upon. Saw just means see. He saw her. You know what look means? He viewed and I don't, fellas, there's a difference between seeing and viewing. Now he's looking upon her. And what's happening 
to David is what happens to men who view unclothed women. That's why we have to watch our eyes, fellas. I don't want to be a part of that, Brother Angel, then maybe you should, be, maybe you should show up to church on Wednesday night. Maybe you should be where you're supposed to be. And then maybe it wouldn't lead to something like going up on the rooftop and viewing an unclothed woman. And the next thing you know, he, you know here's, here's already, here, here's Satan. He's using the temptation of the, the lust of David's eye and the lust of his flesh. He wants her. And then he's using the pride of David's life. You can't do that. Why not? I'm the king. And look at my job. Look at the stress and the pressure. And you know, this, you know there's a lot of men, unfortunately, even in our Baptist churches, up at 11, 30, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning, viewing what they should not be viewing and making the excuse, well, I just, I mean, that's my, my work is hard. It's just, there's a lot of stress. It's just a, that's, I'm the king. I can do it. I, I can do, I can do this. Satan, but all of it started with the compromise of David's spirit. This is the man who penned the words in Psalm 63, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is to see thy power and thy glory. Where is that spirit, David? That spirit was upright. It was faithful. It was firm. It was stable. And that spirit was compromised by the sin of just him not being where he was supposed to be. When devotion time comes, when you're to read your Bible and pray, be there. When preaching time comes, be here. Be where you're supposed to be. Don't allow your spirit to get compromised by something as simple as just not being where you're supposed to be. So watch yourself, child of God. I'm asking a question this morning. How's your spirit? So when I'm sitting in church, yeah, I know, but how's your spirit? You can sit in church with a smile on your face. How is your spirit? How's your spirit? How's your spirit toward your spouse? How's your spirit toward your church? How's your spirit toward your pastor? How's your spirit, young people, toward your dad, toward your mom? How's your spirit toward your brothers and sisters in Christ? Is your spirit in need of renewing? Revival? Oh, yeah, yeah. I find myself with a bad spirit once in a while. Yeah. How's your spirit? Is your spirit in need? By the way, talking about your spirit with your spouse. I mentioned Malachi chapter two last night. I believe it was God wants to seek a godly seed. Twice in Malachi chapter two, Malachi talking to the husband says, take heed to your spirit. Twice. To the men, the husbands, take heed to your spirit. Look, I come to this chapter, I read it. David is asking for forgiveness. He's asking for cleansing, washing, and purging. We know what that would do. That would take care of his guilt. That would take care of his broken fellowship. But David went further than that. God, he included in his prayer a renewing for his spirit. I need my spirit, my spirit, my spirit. I, look, the external hasn't changed. It will. It will. 
The external hasn't changed, but I need my spirit to return to that upright, faithful, firm spirit that pleased God. Every pastor has seen it. Something changes in a person. It's not always showing up in the external at the beginning. Where there was praise, now there's criticism. Where there was willingness, now there's reluctance. Where there was a smile, now there's a frown. Where there was a spirit of I get to, now there's a spirit of I have to. You know what you need? Revival. Revival. Brother Gomez will know who I'm talking about. They, they sat on the front row right over here for years. Young Christian, when I first came to Faith Baptist, I trained him how to be a bus captain. Headed up one of our VUs. And one day, somebody in the church said something about one of their kids. And they just couldn't get beyond it. They couldn't get over it. And it just kind of festered and festered. And, and, and I mean, brother, externally, externally, everything's looking good except for that countenance. Shockingly. Well, it wasn't so shocking. It was subtle at first. There was... It went from the front row to almost all the, to the back row. And I'm not saying people sitting in the back are backslidden. I'm not, somebody's got to sit in the back, okay? But these folks sat in the front row. And now they're back there. And then they're not there. They're in the balcony. And not just in the balcony. They're in the very edge of the balcony. So as soon as the amen is said, down the steps and out the door. Pretty soon, no Wednesday night, missions conference, revival meeting, no, no Monday night service, no Tuesday night service, no. And then they're gone. Then, now listen, I get a text, not a visit, a text. Pastor, uh, my wife and I believe it's probably time for us to move on from Faith Baptist and thank you for all you've done for. I introduced them to each other when they were single. After I introduced them to each other, I said, I don't want any credit and don't want any blame if this doesn't work. <laughs> and they left. It wasn't cocaine. It wasn't, as far as I know, gentlemen clubs and all that stuff. You know what it was? Spirit. Spirit. Their spirit got compromised. Our spirit is an area where every now and again, we need God to visit it and renew a right spirit within us. The right spirit. I don't think many of us are better than King David, the man after. You got it. Our spirit 
Number two, look at Isaiah chapter 40. This is not rocket science. If, if you come to church and say, man, I heard something new today, be careful about that, okay? Because there's nothing new here, folks. Look at Isaiah 40 and verse number 31. We're talking about areas in our life that need to be renewed. Our spirit needs to be renewed. Now look at Isaiah 40, 31. Here's what the scripture says. Isaiah writes, you know the verse, some of you got it hanging on the wall in your house. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew what? Their strength. Look at this. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. This is a great promise for God's people that he will renew our strength. Now, this is not talking about physical strength. It's talking about spiritual strength to withstand and having done all to stand in the evil day. I love in Deuteronomy 33, Deuteronomy is a great book, but there, there, there are no books in the Bible that aren't great, right? But Deuteronomy is Moses preparing the people to go into the promised land. And in chapter 33, he's got all the tribes there and he starts talking to each individual tribe. And in verse 25, he talks to the tribe of Asher. Now don't miss this. He says to Asher, as thy days, so shall thy strength be. As thy days. Now this is prior to them going into the promised land, prior to the battles they would face, prior to the difficulties of claiming the land and settling in there and building their families there. Prior to all of that, he tells Asher, he says, Asher, whatever challenges, whatever challenges the days ahead of you, throw at you, your strength is going to be up to the challenge. God would see that they had enough strength to do what they needed to do. And people, I'm here to tell you in 2024, that promise is still true. If we will seek for a revival of our spiritual strength, we can face whatever challenges our days throw at us. Referring to the Antichrist. In Daniel 7, 25, Daniel wrote this, and he shall, the angels told Daniel, and he shall speak great words against the Most High, capital H, and shall, listen, wear out the saints of the Most High. So the Antichrist is going to speak words against God Almighty, and he will also wear out the saints of God Almighty. Now, this is a reference to the Antichrist during the tribulation period. But people, we know from the Word of God that the spirit of Antichrist has been in this world since the first century A.D. And it hasn't gotten any weaker the spirit of the Antichrist has only gotten stronger and stronger and stronger. He is called the man of sin. And his spirit increasing in activity and power in our world wears on God's people. Sin is wearying. 
It strips us of our spiritual. Look, don't kid yourself. This, this, this in your face, I talked about it last night. The in your face aspect of sin today, it's wearying. We're wearied by a corrupt government. We're wearied by the very small LG, X, all that crowd getting front page coverage. We're wearied by what the kids in our country are exposed to in the public schools. I don't have, I don't have any children or grandchildren in the public schools, Brother Abe, but when I read about drag queen shows in kindergarten, not only does it make me mad, it's like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. The largest tax line on my property tax bill is the public school. I'm paying for that. This, the, the abortion, 60 million plus. The robbing of our hard earned money in taxation. I could, folks, don't, 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 don't come across as this invincible, tough guy. I can handle anything. No, God said, God, look, I don't care what you say. God said that the words and the spirit of the Antichrist would wear out his saints. Our only hope is renewed strength. Renewed, look, even this morning, Brother Gomez and I sat for a while in the breakfast area at the motel and, and, um, we, we talked about a lot of serious things together. It was very helpful for me because some things I'm looking at. And here, you know, here on, on the TV screen, they start talking about that Lakewood shooting. I'm no fan of Joel Osteen, no fan at all. But when I heard that somebody went into his church with a long rifle and started shooting a gun, you know what it did to me? And now you're finding out they shot a woman five times that they misidentified. That little seven-year-old boy is probably not going to live. Another church shooting? You, another church shooting? And it's just like, <laughs> even so come Lord Jesus. <laughs> yeah. But wait, wait. Hey, as thy days so shall thy strength be. You see, well, that was for Asher in the Old Testament. The same God who spoke those words to the tribe of Asher sits on the throne of heaven today. And you and I have the invitation to come boldly to the throne of grace for things that we need in time, things that we need in a time of need. And we need, we need our strength renewed. Yeah, I'm, I see the young couples sitting here. Brother, what a blessing to have young couples. You need the elderly, but you need the young couples. <laughs> you probably hear us say, I'm so glad I'm not, I'm so glad our kids are grown. I'm so glad we're not raising little children now. I feel so bad for you young couples. <laughs> if we're not careful, we put, we put the young couples under this. <laughs> I remember... During COVID, a young, a young, a father, a young father came to me and asked sincerely, should we have any more children? Young couples, 
Please hear me this morning. It is no accident that you're the age you are in the year in which you're living. And God didn't wake up the other day and go, oh my goodness, I've been asleep here. What's, what's going on on earth? You're living now in the time appointed by God Almighty. And who knows but that you're come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And I just want to say to the young couples here this morning, as thy days, so shall thy strength be. Whatever challenges your days throw at you, you're, God's going to see to it that your strength will meet the challenge. But you're not going to get your spirit renewed, your strength renewed by listening to blogs all the time. I'm not against that. I like to keep up with the news. You're going to have to go to your God and Father in heaven and say, God, please, when you're here more and more and more and you just feel like, oh, renew my strength. I need a revival of strength. I need some spiritual energy, refreshment, restoration, some spiritual renewal. As thy days, you say, but pastor, what about the, the culture that our kids are in and all this going on today? I understand it. As thy days, so shall thy strength be whatever you're supposed to do for God. He'll give you the strength to do it. At any age, not just young couples. About a year ago, it'd be a year ago, the end of this month, Jerry Ross preached for me. And I'm so glad, brother, that, that God has spared his life so far, but keep praying for him. He's in a battle with the cancer. He preached on Sunday morning on the hands of God. And it was the only message where he just kind of shared his heart about his battle. Very transparent and everything. He talked about God's hands giving us the strength to do what we have to get, what we have to do. So the invitation comes, it was the, it was the last Sunday in February and we didn't make a big push for visitors. We ran the buses on Saturday. I wanted everybody in the auditorium for that day, everybody together. So we're all in there. And he gives the invitation. People came to pray. Nobody, I don't think anybody got saved that morning, but they came to pray. And then it's, it's winding down. People are going back to their seats. I'm standing over here watching. He's up there watching. And then, you know, we swap places because it's winding down. And about the time I hit the pulpit, 82-year-old woman in the very back row of the church stepped out into the aisle, started walking very slowly with her cane down the aisle, tears streaming down her face. And I'm just watching her. I'm just telling the pianist, keep playing. Brother Allen's down there to, to meet anybody that needs help. And so she takes his hands and they talk for a while and she's nodding her head and he's asking her questions. And the next thing I know, he's asking them one of, and they're taking her back to get baptized. And I'm looking at this, I'm saying, what in the world? And I said, and Alan said, Pastor Dolores is going to get baptized today. Okay. So after the service, I made a beeline back to the back row where her daughter and son-in-law and granddaughter and her husband sit, all of them sit together back there. And I said to Jeannie, I said, what happened to mom? She said, I don't know. <laughs> I said, I said, Leslie, what happened to your grandmother? She said, I don't know. So I waited and it took quite a while because 82 years of age, you come out of the baptistry, you got to get your hair fixed. Okay. 
So it took a little while. So finally, Dolores shows up. I said, Dolores, what happened? Did you get saved? She said, no, sir. She said, when I was nine years of age, I made a profession of faith. And then when I was 14, I went to a camp where I got saved. But I am deathly afraid of water. Now she's 82, she got saved at 14. So what does that make her, Brother Abe? Come on, man, you're, you're the, <laughs> sorry, 68, 68. She's 68 years of age, Six, I'm sorry, 68 years, 68 years. She sat through invitation after invitation and never walked the aisle for baptism. When she got, when she went forward at age eight or nine, she got baptized. So she always told her family, oh, I've been baptized. But she knew she'd never been baptized and she knew she should. So she told me that and I, I said, well, thank the Lord. She said, I almost called you this week to ask if you had ever preached a sermon on the hands of God. And I said, well, Dolores, I have, but not since you've been here. And she said, well, I almost called you this week and I come this morning and Pastor Ross preaches on the hands of God, giving us strength to do what we know we're supposed to do. And 82 years of age, she followed the Lord in believer's baptism. Hey, hey, hey. Whatever you and I are supposed to do, God will give us the strength to do it. But that strength has to be renewed. If you're running on strength from 10 years ago, you need a revival. Our spirit needs to be renewed. Our strength needs to be renewed. Now turn over a few pages to Lamentations 5. Is there a clock in here, Brother Che? No clock in here. Okay. Oh, 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 yeah, you don't really mean that. No, somebody's thinking, oh, no. I remember Brother Vineyard in Oklahoma City. Now, Terry, we don't have clocks. We have calendars. <laughs> and every so often, the usher just flips the page. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I'm watching the time because Chick-fil-A is waiting here, okay? Lamentations chapter five, look at verse, now you know Lamentations, right? Is Jeremiah's what? Lament. He's mourning the destruction of his country, his city, Jerusalem. It's his lament. It was the, it was the crown city. Look at verse 16. The crown is fallen from our head. Woe unto us. Can that not be said about our country? Now look at verse 21. Turn thou us unto thee, O Lord, and we shall be turned. Renew our days as of old. Renew our days as of old. Our spirit needs to be renewed. Our strength needs to be renewed. And our space of time, our days needs to be renewed. Now, Jeremiah was living in a day, a space of time, and he asked God for a return to the previous, a previous space of time, days of old. Now, time out, time out. He is not asking to be taken back in time. 
How are you going to do that, folks? We can't go back and relive what's already happened. What he is asking God is take the spirit, take the rightness, take the power of the days of old and bring them, bring it to our day. Renew our day. And the old days he's talking, it's a reference to the days when Israel had the crown. When Israel was right with God, God was pleased with Israel. God was worshiped. False gods were banned. Sin and wrong was not accepted as the norm. The days when their hearts burned with love for the Lord God Almighty, Jehovah God. The days when they had clean hands and pure hearts and ascended the hill into God's presence. Lord, you've been, you visited our day, you visited previous days with power and with anointing and with unction. Now God, please, please bring the power and anointing and unction of those days to our days, renew our days as of old. And people, listen, sometimes, sometimes you hear guys preaching, it's almost like we got to go back to the days. We got to go back in time to the Great Awakening or the Fulton Street Revival or the, the 60s and 70s. We can't go back. That's impossible. But if I, if I understand this, we, we can have the same anointing and power and blessing that permeated those. We can bring those days. God can bring those, 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 the spirit of those days to our day. And we need the willingness just to live holy to God apart from the world. We need a deep commitment to God and his book. We need a spirit of enthusiasm about God and his work. We're not going to go back. Some people have, I think sometimes the mindset, Brother Che, if we could get a tent and put sawdust down and some old, we could have Billy Sunday revivals. To use plain English, that ain't happening. When Billy Sunday preached, they closed down taverns. Are taverns closing down in our day? No, now we don't have taverns. We got casinos, filthy, wicked, vile, godless places. You say, well, then, Brother Angel, we're sunk. No, we're not. No, we're not. Heritage Baptist Church and the churches that any of you folks are visiting from this morning, your church can have the power and the unction and the anointing today as some of those churches did in days of old. And the bars may not close and the, bar, the beer haulers may keep running their trucks. But you can have that spirit in your church and in your home, that spirit of power and of unction can, I'm not trying to give you a pep rally this morning, folks. I'm trying to look, get your eyes off of this plane, get your eyes on that plane. The God, the God who, the God who anointed and empowered those days is the same God that sits on the throne today. Same Bible, same Holy Ghost, same commitment to and enthusiasm for God and his work, same love for God and his people, same love for souls, same holy walk and talk. We can have our days renewed as of old. And sometimes it manifests itself in great numbers. Like 
How many saved on that day, 2000, whenever it was, Brother Gomez, in your church? I think you talked about it last year here. But folks, I'm going to tell you something. That's okay. That's wonderful. But it doesn't have to be hundreds. There is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one. You say, what's it going to take to break these hardened people? The spirit and anointing and power of the days of old. Two or three weeks ago, that would be longer, a Christmas program night, an elderly couple visited the uh, program and they really enjoyed it. And they'd never been in a Baptist service before. And it was just kind of like, oh. And uh, I forget who went by to see them. And they said, we're going to come back. Witness to them. Terry, the man, got saved in 1963 when he was in the Air Force. He, he, he can't talk about what he did. His, his line of work was so classified, he can't talk about it today. But Denise was lost. And here about three Sunday mornings ago, I preached and I gave the invitation. Her hand went up that she was lost, but she wouldn't budge. And I didn't go track her down, but I was standing in the hallway and our paths crossed. And I said, Denise, you told somebody that you were lost. You raised your hand this morning that you're lost. Why didn't you come forward to trust Christ? Oh, just not today, pastor, not today. I said, well, when? She said, well, in two Sundays, I'm coming back. I said, are you going to be alive in two weeks? I said, you don't know that. You need to be saved today. You don't get saved when you want to get saved. You get saved when God says it's time to get saved. Today is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. I said, let me have a lady sit down and talk with you in one of the, one of the rooms. Well, no, not, not today, Pat. I said, let me have a lady come by your house this afternoon. No, 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 not today, Pat. Not, two weeks. I'm coming back in two weeks. And she left. It, it, it broke my heart. I was, I mean, Really? I went to the church that night and I don't usually do this, but I said, folks, you all need to pray for this lady. Denise is her name. I called her name. She's coming in two weeks. She's lost. Pray that she lives for two weeks and pray that God puts her under such conviction. She can't stand it. The next Sunday she showed up, sat right over here and the preaching came time for the invitation. She was sitting on the edge of her pew with her hands like this. I said, who needs to be saved here this morning? I said, come to be saved. They're in discipleship class now. We got all young adults in there in this couple in their 60s. I wanted to say this old couple, but I'm 67. So they're not old, amen. Look, yeah. The hundreds saved, amen. You know what? It took the same conviction to save those hundreds that it took to save that one. Paul sits in our discipleship class, mid to, mid to upper 20s. God has saved him. God's changing his life. I've never seen anybody so happy to have a changed life. 
He sat in discipleship the other day and somehow he got on this thing of justification and how that once you're saved in the eyes of God, it's just as if you'd never sinned. And he's sitting there and he said, yeah, yeah, pastor, just spoke out. He said, yeah, pastor, but look, please, 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 you give me a little bit of liberty here. I'm not, because I don't know you folks. Okay, I don't know who's who here. Who's new, who's, I, some of you I recognize, but his hands are covered with tattoos, covered his arms. You know, some days I look at this and I wonder, am I good enough? I said, oh, no, 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 brother. No, no, no. Justification means in the sight of God, you are just as if you'd never sinned. No matter what it is, be it tattoos, be it drugs, be it what, if you're, if you're justified in the sight of God, the big t- eyes just fill <laughs> with tears. It is so wonderful to see lives changing and young adults who've been baptized into this antichrist spirit world, changing their, God saving them and changing their lives. Do you understand that is the spirit of the days of old? of old is not this happy clappy stuff where we all get together and warm and fuzzy and kumbaya. The spirit of the days of old was changed lives. Swamp men. Boys home. Hellions. Dope addicts. Drunks. Being saved. And lives changed. Don't tell me. Don't tell me that can't happen today. We need a revival. We need a renewal. We need a res- restoration. We need a refreshing. It's what we need. We're going to have a revival, church. Oh, my goodness, that scares me. What's going to happen? I don't know. It's a visitation from God that relifes us. Our spirit needs to be renewed. Our strength needs to be renewed. And our space of days needs to be renewed. How much, how much do you want it? How much do you want it? <laughs> what things soever ye desire. When ye pray, believe. Until God says, don't ask me again. Or it changes your desire. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.